Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. For those of you visiting, we're just an up north country church. It's just us. Yeah, just us. So we don't put on any pretense. We don't put on any airs. But let's, let's do change gears. And let's, let's talk about a very, very serious topic because the Lord loves you. And he, he wants your life to be as blessed as it possibly can be in a sin-cursed world. Nobody escapes problems in this life. But sadly, a lot of people, because of their ignorance perhaps, bring problems on themselves. There are some problems, I think, that just come providentially. God, God simply allows it, okay? Like with Job. Job was a good man. God wasn't punishing Job. But providentially, God allowed that to happen and allowed it for a reason. But sadly, there are a lot of problems in this life that could and should be avoided, But they're not because people too often are either ignorant or if they are knowledgeable, they're just self-willed. They're going to do what they want to do. And God wants you to have as blessed a life as can be possible in a sin-cursed world. And for those that are living according to God's word and God's will, my observation is their lives are far more blessed than those who disregard God's word or think it's too hard. Oh, self-denial. Some of you probably turned me off already. No, that, that's just too hard. Life is hard enough as it is without you standing up there and telling me, well, it's really not me. It's God's word telling me, you know, I can't do this. I can't do that. Really? No, not when you weigh the, the, the cost benefit to that. It's worth every bit of it to, to take whatever effort is necessary. So this morning we're talking about the blessings of self-denial. And the, the subtitle, if you can read it up there, I love this. I found this quote. If you don't want to fall, don't walk where it's slippery. Isn't that good? I, I had to, you know, I saw that. I said, my folks are going to know about that come Sunday morning. If you don't want to fall, don't walk where it's slippery. So we're, we're going to be talking about the slippery places that you may desire to go there. But if you don't want to fall, don't, don't go there. And last week we pointed you to two verses that you might not think is talking about this, but when you analyze it and study it, it is talking about this idea of self-denial. In Luke 6, verse number 21, it says, Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that hunger now. Blessed are you that desire something, but you don't go after it. And then in verse number 25, the complimentary verse, a few verses down, it says, Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. In other words, if you do go after that, which you are not supposed to go after, that's going to be a problem for you. And that's what those verses are teaching us. In this world, there are some things that your flesh may hunger for, but you should not get full with them because they are bad for you. If you resist the temptations that are bad for you now, then God is going to bless you later. That's a very clear biblical principle that you need to embrace. In fact, Matthew 16, 24 speaks clearly of this principle. 
Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If you are going to follow Jesus as you should, if you want the blessings of Christ as you should, you will realize that in this sin-cursed world, there are temptations all around you that your flesh may lust after. You're, you, you may honestly desire that. But because you are not walking in darkness anymore, as your unsaved families and friends are, you're not going to do what they do. You're not going to go all the places they go. You're going to deny yourself. And we gave you some examples last week. For example, when we talk about denying ourselves, what are we talking about? Well, some examples. Your flesh may hunger for revenge, but it would be very harmful for you to fulfill that particular hunger. That's what we're talking about. Somebody may do you dirty, do you wrong, and you desire to get even. You, your flesh wants revenge, but if you're smart, you will deny yourself that. Maybe before you were saved, you would get even if you follow me. But you're not unsaved anymore. You're accepted by Christ, and you've got somebody that loves you that says you have to deny yourself. Another example, your flesh may hunger for someone else's spouse. But of course, it would be very harmful for you to fulfill that hunger. I mean, the workplace is a very dangerous place. And you may be in the workplace and see somebody and that person just, you know, you're you're enthralled with that individual and you're having problems at home. So that makes the temptation all that greater. So you you hunger for that person. Oh, if that person was mine. And you have to stop and say, whoa, 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 whoa. A lost person might act on that. But a follower of Christ, we, we know better. We, we have to deny ourselves. Even though there's this hungering in your soul for that person's love, that person's attention, that person's affection. Even though you have a real hunger inside, it's better to stay hungry than to act on that. We gave you the example last week of Uh, Your flesh may hunger after tobacco, but it would certainly be very harmful for you to fulfill that, that hunger because people end up craving it. I mean, you want it. You have a hunger for it. Thankfully, you have a God that says, I know you hunger for it, but it's better to remain hungry than to act on that because that's, that could potentially kill you. Aren't you thankful for a Savior that loves you enough to tell you the truth about things? Rather than being some sympathetic, emotional kind, emotionally driven Savior that says, oh, go ahead, help yourself. No, he loves you enough to say, no, there are some things that you have to deny yourself. And I gave you a very practical example last week, too. Now, this one really hit home. and That's one of the reasons I'm sharing it with you. Your flesh may hunger for music that is totally inappropriate for you. And the Bible says, you can't go there. You you may really like it. You may have been raised on that music, and now you're saved, and you start thinking about it, and that music talks about so many things that are ungodly, or the music itself, and the way it's presented, the beat and what have you, it doesn't reflect the character of God. 
It's very important that the music you listen to be in concordance with, with God's nature. And you know that, you know, that, that the music, the words, or whatever, it, it, you know that it's wrong, but, boy, you like it. You, you want it. It makes you feel good when you listen to it. But you know what the Bible says. And there's some things you have to deny yourself because if you participate, if you give in, if you get full on any of those things, then you may have the pleasures of sin for a season. It's only for a season. The long-term pain, the long-term loss is problematic. Scripture clearly teaches that there are things that our flesh, that our bodies are going to lust after, but you have to resist them. And then the question is, well, why? Why can't I just have what I want? Why can't I have what makes me feel good? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust. That's what we're talking about. It, again, there's another emphasis on this principle. Abstain. I mean, we live in a culture that people think, I can do whatever I want to do. I can be whatever I want to be. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody's going to tell me that it's wrong. And yet, Scripture says, abstain. Deny yourself. Fleshly lust. Lust is, is something in you that desires something. You, you have a hunger for it. And the Bible says very clearly, abstain from the fleshly lust. Why? Because it wars against your soul. It harms you. It harms your soul. The essence of who you are in your relationship, particularly with God, that is going to come. All of these things are going to come between you and God. And there's nobody more important to you than God. There's no relationship more important to you than God. And anything that would come between you and God is bad. Just like anything that comes between me and my wife. If I were to pursue something overzealously that, that pulled me away from her, you know, that, that, that's bad. I need to get rid of anything that comes between me and her that harms our relationship. And so the reason the Lord says for you to, that there are things in this world that your flesh is going to desire, but you cannot feed your flesh, is because it wars against your soul. I mean, it gets so bad that it'll get people out of a good Bible-believing church. I mean, there are people that come to church, they hear a message like this, and they love their desire so much that they say, I'm not going back to that church. I'll go to this other church, and we'll just sing Kumbaya and pat each other on the back, and nobody's going to be judgmental at that church. You know, and that passage you're talking about, he, he don't, the pastor, he don't even go there. You know, Satan's smart in these last days. See, that's how it affects your soul. No, you, you need to be in a church, in a Bible-preaching church that preaches the whole counsel of God's Word. There's times that I pat you on the back, and, but there's times that the Lord, well, not me, the Lord pats you on the back, and there's times the Lord's Word steps on your toes. So you stay away from those things because it wars against your soul. It affects your, and, and if there's one thing you want healthy in this crazy world in which we live, it's your soul. You, you want your soul to be tight with God, if you will. Right with God, if you will. And all of this 
stuff gets in the way. It is so bad. The temptations are so bad that in numerous places in Scripture, the Lord gives us lists. These are the things that you are to abstain from. I find that quite helpful. I'm glad the Lord lists those things. Things that, if I didn't know any better, my flesh, you know, my sinful nature that I still possess, even as a saved person, may want these things. So, Lord, thank you for the list. Lots of lists in the Bible. Lots of stories in the Bible. The list we'll look at this morning is found in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 19. The Lord says, abstain from the flesh. The Lord says, it's better to go hungry than to be full. In verse number 19 of Galatians chapter 5, it says, now the works of the flesh, thank you, Lord. You've warned me about my flesh. Now, now you're going to give me a list. You know, don't, don't be mad at a pastor because God gave us a list. Be thankful for the list. You know, it's like uh, you, you go to some event somewhere. I, I've been to some preacher's meetings. And uh, I show up with a tie on. And then I look around, and nobody else has got a tie. I wish somebody had told me, you know, I wouldn't have worn a tie. Or maybe I wore a suit, you know. Well, the tie is going to come off immediately. Or, or vice versa. You show up somewhere and you're not in a tie, not in a coat and tie, and everybody else is. And then, then you're embarrassed. You say, Boy, I wish somebody had told me. That would have saved me a lot of problems. And so it is with the flesh, you know. Somebody tell me. You know, don't, don't get up there in some vague generalities. Tell me specifically. And that's the job of pastors. You know, I think it's in Isaiah, I think I'm right about this, where some pastors are condemned because they weren't warning. They were were like watchdogs that weren't barking. A pastor that won't bark is like a watchdog that won't bark and watch. You know, pastors that won't be bold enough and loving enough to be specific, that's not the kind of pastor you want to sit under. You know, you, you want to, I mean, as long as I'm saying this is Bible, then thank the Lord. So here's the Bible. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. In other words, this isn't the whole list. This is just a partial list. And such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And this is talking about people before they're saved that are wholly given over to these things. They're, they're, if, you're, if these things come between you and God and you never get saved because you like these things so much or you're into this so much, you're, you're not even going to be saved. But look, it, it applies to us who are saved. Don't go back to these things. You say, well, pastor, that's, that's a uh, pretty long list there. And some of, that, some, of that, some of those words, I didn't even know what they meant. Uh, I wish I knew what they meant. Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's take them one at a time. He starts off with adultery. That's unfaithfulness in marriage. That would involve at least one married person being involved with someone that they are not married to. That is sin. That is a work of the flesh, and the Lord condemns it, and those people that partake in that 
bring upon themselves woes of God. Fornication. That's all physical intimacy outside of marriage. You say, well, pastor, so many people are living together. And there may be some folks in this room right now, I don't know, that may be living together. Let me just tell you lovingly, you're out of God's will. You're out of God's will. And that, that is not God's best for you. And you will never achieve the blessings of God, especially now that you have an awareness of that, that that is fornication. And, and, and the fact that so many people are doing it now without any shame it doesn't mean that I've got to now be quiet. I love them enough. I want God's best for them. If they're going to get mad at me for not endorsing their lifestyle, not authenticating their choices, well, I'm going with God's choices every time. If you force me to pick and choose between the way you're living and what God says you should be living, because I love you, I'm willing to take the heat and say, listen, you need to fix that. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't have to live together. You know, God's not going to bless that, never has, never will. And we say that again lovingly. And you say, well, I, I need some help with that. My office is open every day of the week, so you, you come in and see me. Uncleanness. That's all sensual pursuits outside of marriage, and that would include things like pornography. Men particularly, it's not limited to men, but men particularly struggle with this. It's the way our DNA works. But even though your flesh may desire certain things, as a Christian, you know according to God's word, thankfully he tells us, he's not silent about it, you can't go there. You can't be involved with that uncleanness. Lasciviousness. That's referring to all lewdness, particularly the flaunting of immorality with no sense of shame. You watch these gay pride parades. And you know on the news they can only show you certain excerpts because of so much that is going on that they cannot show you on TV. They're, they're flaunting. They're, 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 they're flaunting their, their debauchery. They're, they're, they're flaunting their lifestyle. That's lasciviousness. No, no sense of shame whatsoever. That's wrong. That, that, that's sin. You need to come to repentance. You're never going to find happiness there. You're, you're never going to find peace there. You're, you're, you're going to always be insisting that other people approve of you and authenticate you. And when they don't do that, you're going to be angry. And when really you even know that what you're pursuing isn't giving you peace either, then you're going to be angry on the outside and angry on the inside as well. Idolatry is on that list. That's anything you put before God. Anything you put before God. Uh, it could be any, you know, it, it, it could be a boat. It could be a car. It, it could be, you, know, you, you name it. You know, it, it could be sports on Sunday. It could be leisure on Sunday. I don't go to church because I, I need my leisure. You know, has that become your God when, when the Bible's very clear about the significance of the Lord's Day? Witchcraft. The dealing with evil spirits and drugs. Hatred. The inner motivation for the ill treatment of others. Variance. That's talking about contention and, and quarreling. You know, some people, some people just have that attitude, that, that spirit. They, the old saying, they'll argue with a gatepost. My mom talked about that. She used to say that of me, now that I think about it. Argue with a gatepost. But you, you, you may in the flesh justify that. 
But when you're a Christian, you don't know. No, I, I can't be argumentative like that. I, I can't be a quarrelsome kind of person. That doesn't reflect the nature and the spirit of Christ or the character of God. And it's to your benefit to not go there. You may hunger for that, but you can't go there. Variance, contention and quarreling, emulations, a desire for what others have. That, that's a jealousy, emulations. You know, you may feel justified. I've gotten a raw deal in life, and everybody else is driving a nicer car, and everybody else is doing, you know, and I, I, I want what they have. You're just hurting yourself. You're hurting your testimony. You have to deny yourself emulations, wrath, angry outbursts, strife, conflict, and then seditions. That's people arguing over the Bible, arguing over doctrine. Heresies, that's any falsehoods concerning God. Envyings, that's bitter towards others. It's not, envyings here, as I understand the, the distinction, is it, it's, it's not wanting what somebody else has. That's more of a jealousy. But, but envy is just being angry that they got it. You don't necessarily want it, but you just don't like them having it. Uh, you, you can't go there. Murders, that, that could be physical or mental murder. Mental murder, I, I should have put there character assassination. I mean, you don't have to physically kill somebody, but you can ruin somebody's character through character assassination. Drunkenness, any degree of impairment by alcohol. And revelings, oh, that's popular today. That's just unrestrained partying. So many people today just live for the party life. They just live for the weekend. You know, lost people particularly. They just live for the weekend and pop out the booze. And uh, the Bible says you can't go there. Why? Because it wars against your soul. You're not going to go out and get have that party on Saturday night, okay, where there's drinking, where there's immodesty, where people are fooling around with each other's partners and whatever. You are not going to do that on Saturday night and come sit in here on Sunday morning and praise the Lord. And feel comfortable. Why? Because you got a war going on in your soul. So what a lot of people do is, okay, well, I'll solve that. I just won't go to church. Really? How's that working for you? I see a lot of people in the party world that are miserable souls. Very unhappy people. Never finding fulfillment. Never finding peace. Wondering who they are, who they really are. Having trouble with their self-identity and trying to impress people. And when, when people aren't impressed, they, they're, they're very frustrated with themselves. What's the problem with hungry lust? Again, dearly beloved, I, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from freshly lust, for they war against your soul. I like this quote concerning warring against your soul. Fleshly lusts are personified as if they were an army of rebels or guerrillas who incessantly search out and try to destroy the Christian's joy, peace, and usefulness. So, what can we do? I'm a real believer in, as a pastor that I'm supposed to warn you, but I'm supposed to, to, to help you to find solutions. It's, it's, I, I could stop right here and say, amen, praise the Lord, and you go out saying, uh, okay, now, now what? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in. All those things are bad, and I desire them, and I know they're bad for me, but how can I stay away from them? What can I do? There's all sorts of things. Let's focus on one thing this morning as we conclude here. Romans 13, 12. 
The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, again, works of the flesh, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, an emphasis again, not in chambering and wantonness. Again, here's another list. Be thankful for the list, amen? Be thankful for the list. Don't say, oh, another list. I'm just putting weight on me and weight on me and weight on me. It's not near the weight that the world's going to put on you when you cave in. It ain't near the price you're going to pay then. <coughs> but here it is. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is what I want to emphasize for the next couple moments, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. We all have inordinate lust. Probably every man and woman in this room, there are things that you desire that are on a list in God's word that we should deny ourselves. Okay. And one of the keys, you want some practical help this morning, is don't make provision for the flesh. If you don't want to be taken down by evil, and experience the pain, the heartache uh, that comes from that. One of the things you can do, don't make provision for the flesh. That, this is something very practical that not only all of us can do, but all of us ought to do. Uh, let, me, let me give you just some practical examples of what we're talking about here. If you lust after alcohol, if that's a problem for you, a temptation for you, something your flesh lusts after then stay away from the people and the places that have it. Amen? But my old buddies, no. Your new buddy, that's not saying it right, your new buddy is Jesus Christ. Your new friend, I can say that. Your new friend is Jesus Christ. And these are lost people, and they're just going to pull you down. I've known him ever since I was in high school, and we've been drinking buddies, but I won't drink anymore, but I'm going to go over to his house where everybody else is, That's making provision for the flesh. You can't do it. You cannot do it. And life will be much better for you if you don't. Let's give you another example. Let's say there's some person that you lust after. And that happens all the time, sadly. You stay away from that person. You stay away from that person. In my marriage counseling, which I do quite a bit of, If somebody has had even an emotional affair with somebody at work, you can't go back to work there ever again if that person's going to be there. You say, that's extreme. No, that's your only hope. And if you come to me and ask for my counsel, that's what I'm going to tell you. You say, there's somebody at work I had an affair with. You you can't go back. You got to find another job. You have to avoid that person at all costs. And if you don't believe me, read any one of Dr. Harley's books on on marriage. And that whole principle started with him, and I endorse it 100%. Because if you don't, guess what? You're making provision for the flesh. You're making, and you can't do that. You may have short-term pleasure, but with long-term pain. If you lust after pornography then you've got to get rid of the sources. Or at least put airtight control on those sources. You follow what I'm saying? You've got to put, with computers, there, what, what am I looking for? There's things you can put in, filters. You know, but, but, but they, gotta be, they, they have to be airtight. 
So again, the practical, the practical advice is it wars against your soul. Romans 13, uh, verse number 14. It says, or, or excuse me, no, this is a quote. Paul writes, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. In other words, the quote says now, simply refuse to accommodate fleshly lust. If you struggle with gluttony, don't load up on junk food when you shop at the market. If you're tempted with sexual desire, don't fill your mind with the images that feed your lust. In other words, if you don't want to fall, don't walk where it's slippery. That's how you do not make provision for the lust. If you don't want to fall, don't walk where it's slippery. Too many naive, worldly, carnal Christians think they can walk where it's slippery and not fall. And my observation is that is not the case. This writer also says, Refuse to furnish your mind with the means to entertain evil thoughts. He says also, make no preparations for the possibility of sin. Thus, you can slay sin before it breeds. So that's just one practical piece of advice that I hope and pray, if you aren't putting into place, you will do that. You will know where the triggers are, and you will make sure that you do not come into contact with those triggers. Because there's more at stake here than just you. If you're thinking just in terms of you, then you're not looking at the whole picture. Because none of us are an island unto ourselves. It's important that you get this self-denial thing right because you can have a positive or negative impact on others. Will you think about others for a while? Rather than saying, well, that's just me and I don't want to be burdened down with any more rules or regulations, so I'm going to live my life the way I want to. Well, consider 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 11 again. But we're also going to follow up with verse number 12. He says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Okay, we've got that. But read on for the motivation. Having your conversations honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. In the same passage where he's talking about abstaining from fleshly lust, he says, as you do that, you will have a good testimony before lost people. There's more to your life and my life than just me and my desires, and my selfish needs, and my selfish wants. I am not an island unto myself. You are going to impact your friends and your family. And when friends and family see you live a life of self-denial, we're all going drinking, you know, you want to come with us? No, 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 no. They may get mad at you at first. But there may be a time when they need you and they respect you because they know that no person in and of themselves lives that kind of life. There's something supernatural about you. You've been impacted. You're a different person than than you once were. A life of restraint, a life of self-control, a life of biblical character is a powerful testimony to the lost world. 
I like this quote, we do not witness only with our lips, we must back up our talk with our walk. There should be nothing in our conduct that will give the unsaved ammunition to attack Christ and the gospel. I love this short little poem. We are the Bibles the world is reading. We are the truths the world is needing. We are the sermons the world is heeding. I hesitate to give this illustration, but it happened yesterday, and it goes perfectly. I don't have it in the message, but it's in my mind right now because it may sound like I'm patting myself on the back, and please don't think that. I I am a sinner. I struggle with self-control and all these things myself. However, yesterday I I was down on my dock, and Sharon was down there, and my neighbor was up for the weekend, and he's, he's next door. And he, he's, not a, he's not a saved man at all. And uh, pray for him. Uh, but he was up this weekend, and he, he was sitting at a picnic table, and he's not very far from where Sharon and I are, and he's got this buddy here, and they're out smoking and talking and whatever, sitting there next door. And then, uh, so I'm out there doing whatever, and I was doing some repair work. And a little while later, the neighbor walks over to me sometime later. And he said, I apologize. I said, for what? And he says, for my buddy that was here a while ago. He says, for his language. And I said, oh, I, I said, I, I didn't hear it. He said, you didn't? He said, no, 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 no. Uh, I, I said, I, I didn't hear it. And he said, well, I, I apologize. He said, That's why I got, he said, if you saw me, I got him walk back up to the house. And he followed me because I was getting him away. That's because of my testimony. Okay, and again, I'm not patting myself on the back. I can give you incidents where my testimony was rotten, okay? Sharon will give you lots of them. Just, just see her. She's got, she has a list. But apparently with him, I got it right. He was, he was conscious of the fact that I'm different. Now, if I did everything he did, you know, and I don't flaunt it with him. I, I'm, good, I'm good to my neighbor. He's a good neighbor, too. He lost me. Good neighbor. And I'm, I'm praying for his salvation and the, the right opportunity and the right way to, to witness with him. And uh, So this whole idea of self-control and self-denial, folks, it's more than just about you. Can you think beyond yourself? Which a lot of Americans have a hard time doing that. The young people, it's about me. Listen, Luke 6.21, Blessed are ye that hunger now. You're not feeding the flesh. Woe unto you that are full, that are feeding the flesh. You just got to learn to be hungry because your testimony in this world is so important that we just read. Let me just share this. Some of you know of Cal Thomas. He's a syndicated newspaper columnist, a Christian man. Let me share this. We're done. Cal Thomas writes, and I think this will help you. He says, I got a letter from an editor of a newspaper that recently started carrying my column. And he said, I'm so frustrated because I'm the only believer on the entire editorial staff. I wrote back and said, this is good. Let's say that you weren't on the newspaper staff, but you were an American CIA agent in the Politburo of the Soviet Union. Would you be complaining that you were the only one there? You would be rejoicing that your government, your country, had placed you in such a strategic position. That's the attitude that we ought to have. 
God has placed each of us in strategic positions no matter what our job is, whether we are employed or not. If we can catch that vision, if we can see ourselves as the spiritual equivalent of of American soldiers in a foreign land, then I think we can get on fire for God and really do something significant. And it starts with self-denial. People, it, it not only affects your relationship with God, the vertical relationship, but it's going to affect your horizontal relationship with others. Is it going to take some effort? Are there going to be bumps in the road along the way? Sure. But it should still be your ultimate goal. Your, your default position that you always fall back to is, I want to get it right. I might have messed up last week at school or at work, but I'm going to repent. I'm going to ask for grace. I'm going to study my Bible more, and I'm going to put forth the effort. And folks, the blessedness of that far outweighs the pleasures of sin for a season. And the accompanying punishment and heartache and hardship that always accompany that, particularly with believers. Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mayo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.